0: Welcome to our open house. Instead of examining hardwood floors, closet space, and kitchen layouts, we're taking you on a tour of what's happening across today's mortgage industry. During each episode, we'll hear from industry leaders and subject matter experts to give us an inside look into a hot topic, cutting edge technology, or a new trend that can help accelerate your digital journey. Thank you for joining us. Come on in. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Women in Mortgage Technology. And I've got two of the best women in the entire industry hanging out with me today. And we're talking about really when it comes to affordable housing. This is one of those conversations in the industry that is going to help all of us. And like I said, I have two of the absolute best women in this industry to help us have this discussion. We're going to be talking about affordable lending. We're going to be talking about some of the programs. We're going to be talking data and analytics. And it's all to help you. Today with me, I've got Core Dunn, Director of Government Affairs. And then Lisa Fiondella. And that's how I'm going to say it today (laughs) because she is the Vice President of Product (laughs) Management. And ladies, so excited to sit down with you and have a brilliant conversation about this. So you're both veterans within this mortgage industry. This isn't a, your first walk in the park, so I'm excited to have both of you talking about this. Can you share? Tell me a little bit about, and let's start with you, Lisa. How did you start in this industry? Were you one of those little girls and said, mom, dad, I want to be a mortgage professional when I grow up. I want to talk about data and affordable lending, but is that what you're, was that your dream as a little kid?
1: Actually, no. I wanted to be a banker because I thought money was really cool, ah. I like playing with cash, so I don't know. But um, no, I got into this industry through the credit bureau world. So, I started my career in working for Equifax and just really got to muck around in all different parts of the financial industry and I really fell in love with mortgage because it's such a complicated transaction. Oh. Like this is, It's so important but so complicated. So, um, I spent a bit of time there in the mortgage industry, left and went to a number of different other parts of the financial services space. And doubled back um, a couple of years ago when I landed here at Ice Mortgage Technology and love
0: what I'm doing. I say, and love every minute of it along the way, yes, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. See, and I'm sure, Corey, you're one of those same ones. You probably didn't imagine yourself being a mortgage professional, but how did you get to where you are today?
2: Sure. First of, first of all, thank you for having us. I, I'm thrilled to be here. My pleasure. It's super excited to talk about something Lisa and I care so deeply yeah. about. So, actually, my origin story is similar, I think, to a lot of us in mortgage, which is that my mom was actually in mortgage. So she's a notary and title agent. And growing up, I had the benefit of hearing stories directly from the closing table each day. And she was helping (laughs) families get into homes. It was the family of immigrants who had saved enough money to finally purchase their piece of the American dream. It was a single mother who had saved up enough money for a home for her and her kids. And there was so much dignity that she brought to just helping an individual family every single day. That really made me see a piece of the mortgage industry that I thought, wow, I can really do something where I would actually help real life people and you get to be a little bit entrepreneurial. And I think that spirit seeped in me over time. Um, I I, I, uh, went to law school and I was a litigator during the financial crisis which also showed me a different piece of it right Ooh. so I got to see a little bit of like the front end and then a different piece um before I joined actually what was ICE's first investment in tech uh ICE more technology which is called MERS yes so I was an in-house lawyer and then came across to do to ICE to do government affairs full-time and talk about all these exciting issues. I was
0: gonna say, and we are talking about it. and what I love about both of you ladies is you can feel the passion from both of you because this is typically one of those topics, it's like, oh, there's a lot to it. It's a very, it can be a deep conversation, but we're gonna be breaking it down for all of you very simply. And like I said, let's dive right into it. So Court, let's stay with you for a second because what the heck is affordability? When you hear the word affordability, what are we actually talking about?
2: Sure, so affordability, I think, used to mean to most people basically the cheapness of being able to get something Oh, very. and I think what's interesting about the term affordability at least from my corner in DC in the government affairs and policy world is that this has become so much more it's mm. not just does someone qualify for a mortgage when they apply for it affordability now means can they sustain that
0: Oh. you know we're
2: using data and technology at ICE as, as Lisa will talk about to discover the true cost of home ownership <laughs> so what, it, what does that mean it looks different for different people and I think What you see from a D.C. perspective is that conversation about what Mm. does affordability actually mean evolving? Because this is not, even in the past five or ten years, we've seen a lot more data come forth, technology to discover a little bit more about how do we first help people get into homes, but then provide some education and information to help homeowners maintain and then maximize oh, that like homeownership, that. which which is so awesome. and It's such a unique part of our culture here in the U.S.
0: Maximizing. You used a couple of things, a couple of words in there that I'm really excited about with the maximizing and not just affording and being able to stay within our homes as well. We all remember the great financial crisis that we went through and affordability has become such a, a hot topic. And Lisa, I kind of want to switch that over to you because Getting to where we are today, like how did we get here, and how is technology playing in a role of where we're going to see it evolve and where we're going to see it go?
1: Yeah. So, listen, uh, you know, how we got here. So, like, let's let's just talk about the last few years, right? Sure. So, I mean, for. 2020 and 2021 and early part of 2022, all we were really focused on was just this mass volume of refinance and the market. You know, I feel like affordability just sort of kind of got left by the wayside through all of that, right? How many people were really talking about it? Um, How important was it during that time? We've also seen the price of homes just skyrocket. So when that happens, and when the when when rental Prices go off the charts. It, it basically prices people out of sure. both rental and home ownership, which is a scary proposition, really, when you think about the low end of things. I think longer, um, just in terms of okay, so the market's now shifted, right? right. And we're sitting here, and uh, we're in a purchase market. We've got these, uh, you know, higher than ever home prices, and we've got people who are saying, and especially first-time home buyers who are saying, "I'm trying to figure out how to." Get, achieve that American dream. Like, I want to be part of that. What do I have to do to get there? And the reality is, just in a nutshell, the, the affordability proposition is broken. It's <laughs> just broken because the reality is there are so many different ways that consumers can be helped sure. in terms of achieving this. And But it's, it's a disaggregated array of programs and services and mm. so forth. And there's not really one solution that brings it all together. That's everything from your credit and and, and how you uh, qualify into it. It comes into like your down payment. How do you if you don't have a down payment, how do you achieve down payment assistance? Where does that come from Um, to repayment? Like what are the programs that are available that meet your financial situation and allow you to actually get into a home? And I think the, how we got where we are is there's a there are a lot of options out there. They're just not all together and we're not doing enough from an educational point of view mm. to, to teach people and quite frankly it's not just the consumer. It's also the people operating the ecosystem. And it's not, this is not a criticism. It's sure. just, it's hard. This is a tough uh, financial transaction. So how do we ensure that the right people are educated so that they can bring the, buy, you know, the, the buyer together with the programs Absolutely. and
2: achieve the dream?
0: So with, I, I love this and I love it. Like you had mentioned some of the challenges and as you're kind of alluding to it, how, how is technology actually playing a role in solving some of these issues and problems?
1: Well, I mean, look, it's slower than we all like. Like sure. We really want, like, I, 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 can envision what this thing looks like, but it's, it's getting there takes time, right? And I think, you know, what we have to do as technology providers at ICE and, um, and, and working with our customers and our partners and so forth is figure out how to bring these pieces together. Mm. And then I do think there's a big, big educational component to that. Mm. To that, technology can play a role in education. So how do we ensure that that's operating at a at the know, most efficient level right sure so I, I don't know there i mean there's there's just we've just got to connect
0: the dots at the end of the day so i like i like that connecting the dots and you talk about education and port i want to talk about education a little bit because you recently joined the MBA's council of Homeownership, uh affordable home ownership. and share a little bit about some of the key focal points like what does this council actually do how is it helping sure. us achieve this
2: sure so thank you for that question and To Lisa's point, there's a lot of education to grow around. And remember, that's also on the regulator side. Of course. So not in the mortgage market. Something that makes us a little unique is the complexity. So as we're talking about, it's not just can you make the down payment? And, you know, do you have certain numbers on paper? It's understanding really that there are it's a pretty complex regulatory scheme. And so the MBA put together this. um, It's called the Home Overship Advisory Council for Affordable um, Lending. And the focus actually is like a think tank. So it's fascinating in that it's really set up of a group of a wide array of stakeholders. So we have everybody from lenders to MI companies, home builders, folks, you know, like me, I bring the technology and data angle and through ICE, you know, we touch a lot of markets. Yeah. So we have a really unique viewpoint into this because again, it's not just the consumer because remember consumers only really face the lenders, but there is a very wide capital markets and secondary markets who are chomping at the bit to learn about the borrowers and who want to invest. Mm. You know, we're hearing this. You know, we're not only just making the connection with our technology, but we're trying to make the connection through the markets so that people can invest. They want to support these programs. Um, They want to be able to understand um, how to manage their risk, also, and investment in these fields. So the council really is looking at opportunities for the MBA, the Mortgage Bank Association, to advocate for policies. We work closely with their policy team, and then also make res- recommendations to what's called ResBog, which is their the MBA's Residential Board of Governors. Mm. So we we sit down, we actually have five work streams for 2023, and they focus on a couple of the big items that the MBA and, um, our staff side director, the admittable Jordan Hartsmith has helped us put together for this council for this year. And the work streams are the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac home possible, home affordable program. And Lisa will get into that a little bit more, but they're really looking at the criterion for that program. Are they, you know, is it appropriate? Is there room for a little bit of growth there to, to allow some extra room for people to get in? We have, um, um, manufactured housing. We have, um, there's something called F- FHA 203K, which has to do with some like, rehabilitation Absolutely. issues. Yep. Um, we also have the positive rental income because that's also a new area of evolving information to come in to understand affordability a little bit better. And so we will work throughout the year um, you know, with the MBA, send some recommendations and say, hey, this is from our perspective, this is our view. I've had meetings already where um, in, in the uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac program, um, which I'm leading where we're asking each other questions. Oh, saying, oh wait, did you see this? Yeah, so we're already collaborating across the stakeholder groups to say, hey, do you have this? And some folks have come to me and be like, you know what, you guys have done this, but you know what would be great for us? It's great to have the home builders there because they understand they see it before anybody else. Um, so I'm really excited about it. I'm very honored they've allowed me to work on this council with them. And I'm excited about what we're going to be able to sort of provide in terms of just industry feedback and education that the MBA can then take to the Hill and take to their you know, board of governors to say, these are some actionable items for folks who do this every day. And are on the ground with people.
0: Seeing a council like that is just so beneficial to again, we're all trying to help the consumer achieve that dream of home ownership. Bringing those minds that collaboration to truly come together and say, "Hey, we can, like we can talk through this. We we can." Come up with these solutions. So it really is an exciting time yes. in the industry. I know people are mentioning it's challenging, there are difficulties. Mm-hmm. And absolutely we go through those, but now more than ever, being able to leverage data and with ICE in the way in the position that they are, there's just so much opportunity, which at least I want to mention because yeah, Core really brought up the, the home ready and the home possible. There's those programs in particular, sometimes lenders just don't quite understand them. And identifying the borrowers that might fit the needs yeah. or that might be in their pipeline of really being able to Put them in those how is data being able to leverage data in particular how is it helping us to identify those people who could qualify for those programs better
1: sure and th- that's a great question and uh, before I answer that one I want to double back a little bit on the technology question because I, I want to make sure that this point gets across the the concept of, a, of achieving affordable a, a real affordable lending program ecosystem yeah. is connecting a lot of dots, right? Mm-hmm. We said, I said that a moment yeah. ago. But it, it, it take, technology can do that for us, right? <laughs> like if you've got this program sitting here, you can basically technically enable it, sure. bring it into the ecosystem, and then push it to whatever endpoint needs to achieve understand it so that it can actually be utilized. And I think that's one of the things, I, listen, I was not an expert on this, I'm <laughs> certainly still not, <laughs> but all. I've learned a lot in the last year as we've been as an organization sort of talking about this challenge and really trying to, you know, there's a lot of great product leaders on the um, ICE team here, and they all, you know, many of them come from the industry, lots of years of experience. And, you know, last June we sat down and we said, we were like, what can we actually do to start raising awareness? What's within our purview that we can do now that won't take three years to build and, you know, all that fun stuff. And so what we, ch- we decided to do was we literally started to, decided to start with data. Hmm. And we basically said, okay, well, what if we took the criteria for home ready and home possible and we automated that and said, hey, for all of our encompass lenders, as your loans are flowing into your pipeline, we're just going to bounce those loans against this criteria. And we're going to tell you whether that consumer may qualify for one of those programs. Not definitively, but sure. may qualify. Then we're going to give you a set of analytics that are going to say, hey, here's the consumers that ended up in your ecosystem yesterday. You may want to take a further away. A little case, deeper right? dive in Let's there. Do a little deeper dive. Now, this was something, like I said, we were trying to get something done quickly, and, and so we could start understanding really what was going on in the ecosystem. We identified 10 beta customers, and they started going live in the beginning of January of this year um, through... Like the first 39 days, um, with these guys rolling on, you know, over that time, some of them have only have only been in the program for like four or five days. Wow. We've identified almost 7,000 potential Whoa. affordable candidates at an average of about $205,000 per loan. That's 1.4 billion dollars in loan Holy value smokes. in 39 days. I say 39 days. 39 days. So when you say, I mean, I get chills every time I look at those numbers because I'm like, if this is just 10 lenders. So what happens when we roll this out to our entire lender base? Sure. It's a great example of how data can help us identify and understand what's, in, what's, what's really happening in the ecosystem today. Now, the interesting thing is the 10 beta lenders are all saying, hey... Can you can you put this information back into Encompass so I can actually have my loan officers take action on it? Oh. And we're like, yeah, that's what we need to do as next. A matter of fact. So, as a matter of fact, we're working on that right now. So I don't have a date on it yet, but mm. in the next you know several months, that's what we're planning on and rolling out. So taking the analytics, mm. dumping them back into Encompass, and then just trying to bring this thing a circle.
2: And and I think. This program, I was so excited for us to be able to take this live and to share this with people because I think this highlights what ICE does best, yeah. right? Is that we have a unique view. You know, we're not a lender. You know, we're not underwriting these loans. We're not an investor, but we do see things uniquely. So oh, we're obviously. able to use technology. And I think one of the blessings of technology and we've seen D.C., the housing agencies, really focus on this. You know, we had FHFA stand up in Office of Innovation and Technology. The NCUA, the Credit Union Association, has stood up in office, and they're asking, what can we do to solve some of these historical ills? And the reality is, when some of these processors are being automated, you can save time, you can save costs. And more importantly, I think there's also an opportunity to solve, you know, this education gap. Sure. You know, our lenders are busy, the LOs are busy. And I I think even there's an opportunity to say, Let's just say in a, in a worst case scenario, maybe somebody didn't think to mention this type of program to someone, or, or maybe there is a little bias there, and, yeah. and, and you know they didn't realize that. NBA's done some studies showing that if someone, particularly the historically disadvantaged communities, hear no when they finally apply for a mortgage, you know, a lot of folks still think you need $20,000 to put down. Yep. And if they hear that no, and they don't realize they actually are the perfect candidates to qualify for these, they actually won't come back for years. Mm-hmm. And our clients are there. The The truth of all of this is that our clients are there. They want all of us, we're talking about our origin stories, appreciate how personal a home is. Oh, of course. And this process, and it, and it can be tough, but we all want to put people, you know, in homes that are affordable and sustainable because that's the name of the game. Because most of us do have such a personal connection. Oh, 100 percent. So I think I'm excited. I'm like so excited to see where we are in six months um, because it's something we, again, we've been talking about in DC. How do we make this better and easier with the programs that already exist? Because also, um, from from a DC perspective, you know, we now have split Congress. We have a presidential election yep. in a couple years, and the reality is, you know, we, we need to be thoughtful. We have great programs out there, but people don't know about them. Absolutely. So let's save them the time and energy. You can't, um, you know, consumers, first-time buyers don't know yeah. to ask for a 3% down program or how they would qualify. So we're trying to make it easier for everybody so they can do what they're good at, which is serve the people on the ground
0: where they are. Well, and that's just it. You mentioned for best practices, and that's one of those things, especially with lenders right now, what are some of the things that they can be doing when it comes to best practices of integrating the affordable lending into their businesses, but also doing good in their communities?
2: Sure. So I think um, a refrain you'll hear from me quite often is that hope is not a strategy. And,
0: <laughs> I like
2: and one, that. one thing that is notable and um, some, some data that, that we've had, um, again, from the MBA and from others, is that the cost um, to obtain a home loan now and this is, I think, the NBA's um, data from its last published survey, is over $11,000 fully loaded. Now, think about that. That's the same for a $70,000 mortgage as it is for a million-dollar mortgage. On the $70,000 side, that prices someone out. I mean, 11000 is, is an incredibly high number. Um, and the other data point I would mention is that despite decades actually of of regulation and the fair housing act that minority home ownership is is arguably worse than it's ever been so i think we sort of have to look at that and think really hard i mean you know all of us are working hard on this but we need to try something new to achieve these numbers so again hope is not a strategy um you know we've we've hoped some of these regulations would would have worked um they didn't in the way that we anticipated so my recommendation is make it intentional
0: well, you okay. know you
2: have to actually deliberately put down a plan and i think again from the regulatory perspective i also actually think that's that's helpful and that's a that's a different podcast but yeah i do think it's, it's helpful to have a plan where you lay out your strategy mm. you make it thoughtful and then you have quantifiable numbers because on the data piece the data we have now is incredibly different from what we had five years oh, ago crazy take we talk about the financial crisis i mean we used to look at information You might have a loan application. Now we're able to see that there's more to a consumer than just their W-2. Imagine that. We have different ways to look at this stuff. And you peel back the data, you know, there is a lot more, um, particularly in our sustainability side, in some of the social credit scoring. You know, Fannie Mae has been working on this, and FHFA actually has an RFI out similarly situated for for a bond that would take some of this information in and the climate-related data. You can discover the true cost of homeownership, figure out what it means. And I think when you have these lenders and they get the data, it's exactly what Lisa was talking about. You can't just look at it, right? Nope. You know, you look at what you have, and then and then say, okay, well, what does this mean? You, yeah. Um, what do we do with this? What's the next step? What are the next five steps? Where do we where do we see ourselves in ten years? Because unfortunately, you know, it's been a very tough market for us recently, Absolutely. right? We all we all are painfully aware of that. But but um, that's the time to invest.
0: You bet. And,
2: and ICE has been dedicated. You know, we've done this in many markets, right? We've we've made the digital um, transition from analog. So this is the time when it's down to say, okay, during the pandemic, what worked what didn't work? The D.C. regulators are looking at the same thing. What worked in the pandemic what didn't work? There were a lot of refis, but certain communities were excluded. Why yeah. was that? And this is the time for us to do that, and we can really come together as we sort of search through this and make it better and more evergreen for the next time around. Uh-huh. So I think that that's something we want to work on. Um, the more conversation, the better. You know, we at ICE always encourage everyone to come to us. You know, Lisa's getting feedback. You know, we I get feedback a lot. I'm always happy to talk to people. I'll talk your ear off about mortgage policy, as you can tell. Um, but we want that feedback from our clients in our base to say what's working for you, what's not um what do you need like how can we help and i think the more we sort of work that conversation through we will identify solutions like this that are that are new and that are seeing results i mean almost instantaneously i know it's crazy it's 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 amazing
0: actually well it's 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 so well you say you can talk people's ear off, but you guys, both of you ladies are so brilliant with it that it's like, Thank and again, you know. it's something that we need to be having more of these conversations. Right. It's something that's kind of just swept under the rug almost. It's just like, why are we not having these? We right. want to help these underserved communities, which Lisa, I really want to, as we start to wrap things up here, what advice can you give to lenders to go out there and help really better serve these underserved communities?
1: Well, I think, you listen, I, I think the automation journey is ideally where we need to go. I think we really need to... Bring all the pieces and parts of this together mm. as much as possible, so that 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 we can facilitate the transactions. Whether it's down payment assistance, um, you know, for consumers have who have thin file or no file uh, mm-hmm. credit reports, um, what are the alternate data alternatives for them? Um, how do we get them into programs that are? Um, help with they, where they can meet the monthly payment obligations without breaking the bank and they can actually achieve this dream. So we need to work on that, that ecosystem. Um, I think in the short term, awareness and education, Absolutely. awareness and education, the most, the best things we can do because just one of the things we've seen with the, just the, the, the small amount of analytics we're starting to produce is that the lenders can then go back to their loan officers and say, right. Because you know, sometimes these programs, are, it's hard to navigate. Right. I'm going to go tap a down payment assistance program. I've got to get them into you know, uh, Home Ready Home Possible. I've got to put all these pieces and parts together. Right. And it's a harder transaction oh. to execute. Maybe I don't want to do deal with it. Maybe I've got other things I can work out. Or maybe I just don't understand enough mm-hmm. to pull it together. What can we do to educate those home mm-hmm. officers so they've got everything at their fingertips that so they can actually do this? What can we do to educate the consumers? So they, the first time home buyer, listen, as a first time home buyer, I was working in a bank, okay? <laughs> and then I went to work for a credit bureau and I just happened to know that my husband, who was ex-military, had access to the VA right. Uh, right. You right. Know, home program. That was the only way we bought our first wow. house we would not have bought our first home for probably another five years if we hadn't had access to that program it was brilliant i mean it was and we were so i'll never forget the day we closed on our home. it was mm. just it was two days after we got married by the way wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> we got married on a saturday closed on our mortgage on monday um but um anyway it was it was it was a, it was exciting and i and like i said there's just and that's just one example but there's so many things we need to do, and you know, we need to start this education uh, process. We need to get awareness out, and then we also need to be working on this automation. And I think that's, you know, I, I take that very seriously as part of the ICE family. I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, we we are responsible for a big part of the technology ecosystem mm-hmm. of this industry. You know, I think it's important for us to be super mindful of this and I'm do sure. the best we can to make prank together.
0: So that's my... Point. I think both of you ladies have done such an amazing job in explaining that. And as you talking about the collaboration, working together, the education, we're here at the ICE Experience 2023 event. You can hear the collaboration, you can hear these conversations, <laughs> and it is just more of that. It is educating not only our mortgage family, but also the consumers in a better way and how we do it is great conversations like this. You ladies are sharing what we need to be talking about. So I cannot thank both of you for taking some time out, sitting down with us. This has been an absolute brilliant conversation and this is just getting started. There's like you said, Court. this is just the tip of the iceberg here. There's yeah, yeah. so much more we could get into and so much more we can share. So thank you so much ladies for sitting down with us and sharing everything you did with the affordable uh, affordability of housing, getting consumers educated and getting our industry educated as well. You ladies are absolutely brilliant. This has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank
2: you for Thank having you. us. This was so much fun. It was fun. This,
0: this was, like, again, ICE has done a, an amazing job in really yeah. highlighting so many of the women in mortgage technology. And again, it just goes the show, as both of you have mentioned, ICE is truly, ICE mortgage technology is truly focused on bettering our industry and bringing people together so we can all win. And that's just it. So guys, these ladies are absolutely brilliant. Thank you to ICE again for another amazing episode of Women in Mortgage Technology. Make sure you check out the past episodes as well. And so much more to come from here at in Las Vegas from the uh, ICE Mortgage Technology 2023 Experience Event.